Hey guys, this is Gabe with Church and State. If you have been thinking about doing your own podcast and are interested in starting a podcast, we want to recommend Anchor. Here's why we use it. A couple of reasons. Number one, it is free, 100%, no cost. And they have creation tools that allow you to create podcasts even from your phone. Then Anchor distributes your podcast for you so it can be heard on big guys like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many others. So start making money with your podcast today. They've got everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Okay, recording for Joe. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, and will forgive their sin, and will heal their land. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Hello, Christian Patriots, and welcome to Church and State, where we strive to plug you into the pew and plug you into politics. I'm your host, Caleb Collier. With me, as always, Pastor Gabe Blomgren. I am the unmasked pastor. Mm. I've never, ever wore a mask in church. No, absolutely I, not. I would never wear a mask in church. A lot of people, a lot of people, you know, who have caught COVID or got COVID, when when they hear that our church does not wear masks, some of some of them are offended by that. And I love the point that Jesus never ever shied away from touching the leper. Leprosy was so contagious, but yet he was not afraid of it. And uh, I speak the same thing to us. If you know, second century, you know, all these different monks of past religious times through the plague are sharing the gospel at the bedside of those who are filled with sickness and disease. Why would I shy away from the ministry that God has called me to do? Amen to that. You know, um, I loved the series, The Chosen. Yes. And you remember when um, a leper comes before Jesus and the, and the disciples are just, a, get him away. Oh my gosh. Yeah. They're, yeah. Get away. Get away. And Jesus immediately I love goes it. to him. He's suffering. He goes to him and he heals him. And I, I, I also love that you bring up the Black Plague because, yeah, they were ministering to those that were dying of an incredibly contagious virus. Yeah. And many of those monks and priests ended up dying themselves. The but what was, more, what was more important was the glory of God was saving yeah. souls people because this life is temporary. But like, you look back at the past, people were less afraid of death. Yeah. There's this stigma now that death is so horrific. You know, we've, we've elongated the human lifespan. Applause to us. Look what we've done. Okay, we've extended it out past the 60s. Okay, because your average lifespan for a long time was 60. 
even even in some of the darker eras, man, it was, it was thirty. I mean. So we are now living to our eighties and nineties. The the baby boomers are pushing the limit of with health practice, and then also good good medicine, and we have great health care. But why are we so afraid of death? Where is thou sting? So yeah, this is today. We're going to be talking about masks. Yes, and, and how the, we will not dehumanization of it exactly. And there's a long history of dark individuals using masks to really bend people to their will. And I believe that that is what is occurring now because we've lost our humanity. When you right. go into a grocery store and everybody's masked up, you can't tell who's happy, who's you sad. You can't tell if they're smiling. No. You have to read eyes now. Yes. I just went to the airport and I traveled to Colorado and people are so disjointed now. I, I is. You know, it's very ironic that we're finding out through this article that, that culturally masks, they've allowed satanic voodoo and also other rituals because you lose yourself to who you are because that mask is covering your actual God-given identity. So when we wear these masks, it's no wonder we feel disconnected from everyone. Our, indiv- our beautiful individuality is, is now taken and we are nothing but lemmings. Absolutely. So let's get into this story of slavery and dehumanization. And we're going to tell a rather gruesome story. So I will say that uh, for younger audiences, the, the story might be hard for them to listen to, but it's one that is very important for our audience to hear. Now, this is coming from the New American Magazine. It's a full-length article, uh, but we're going to be telling the story of a beautiful slave woman by the name of Anastasia. So let's get into this, Gabe. Anastasia trembled in fear and backed farther into the corner of the dark, sweltering room. The monster had come again for her and approached slowly and menacingly. His eyes gleamed with lurid desire, and as beads of sweat ran down his dust-streaked face, he mouthed sounds in the alien language he spoke. Each guttural syllable from the monster pierced her heart and soul with terror. And I just have to say the reason why it is is a foreign language. This is the story of a, a slave. She's been literally brought on a slaver ship. She doesn't understand the language that they're speaking. So wiry and strong, the sweaty, dirty man's hands gasped Anastasia and formed him, forced him her to him. She shrunk from his gasp and cried, her blue eyes shedding tears of terror and outrage that flowed like rivers down the dark skin of her regal cheeks. Once she was a princess, famed in her distant home as much for her wisdom and kindness as for her beauty. Now she was sunk to a mere object whose physical presence and spirit alike were nothing more than prey for the demon-drunk slavers of Brazil. Her beauty was not merely physical. She glowed with the inner beauty of grace and intelligence and confidence, and she was targeted by evil precisely for these qualities. The squalid creatures who first captured her, enslaved her, and finally delivered her to the distant shores of faraway Brazil sought to quench their demon thirst on the oppression of her goodness and her beauty. To satisfy their own evil, disfiguring bloodlust, they sought to conquer and consume her essence. And so it was that the slaver grasped her and forced himself on her once again, but frightened unto death itself and powerless, Anastasia and her heart would never could never give into the violent advances of her captors. Small and weak though she might be in bodily form, her spirit was as a mighty warrior. And by the grace of God, she would never give in, never in terror give up, no matter the circumstance, no matter the consequence. 
As the monster forced his lips to hers, she spat at him and screamed a blood-curdling battle cry while she writhed under his grasp with all her might. Her legs kicked with all the force she could muster, and her knee brought up with the force of all her straining sinews found a target in the monster's abdomen. A gasp of air burst from his lungs as her spittle dripped in rivulets from his disgusting beard. That was the last thing she saw and remembered before the monster's bony fist collided with her temple and her consciousness drowned in an infamy of nothingness. She awoke with her hands and feet bound behind her back and affixed to a splintered wooden post. A crowd had gathered around her, and though a few onlookers averted their gaze, brave and beautiful and unconquered, Anastasia saw a multitude with bloodlust in their eyes, shouting monstrous words and shaking their fists. It was as if a tide of demonic evil had submerged the entire world around her. Courageously, she held her head high and fixed her gaze on her monster. Step by step, he approached with clinking cast iron and leather instruments of torture grasped in his fist. The monster smiled, his lurid smile, revealing three remaining yellow and rotting teeth protruding at tilted angles from his skull. Anastasia, princess of her far away land across the great Atlantic, beloved by her people and more beautiful than the mythical Helen of Troy, straightened herself and gazed with indomitable will at her oppressor. Under her smooth, dark skin, her lithe muscles strained against her bonds. She made no sound, but the intensity of her gaze let the assembled pack of onlookers know she would never be conquered. In his language, her monster now standing before her growled, let no one be tempted by this harlot. She'll work shackled and collared in the field, and her face will always be covered by this muzzle. With that, two henchmen rushed to her and took the muzzle and forced it over her face, buckling it so tightly behind her head that blood welled up, dripping down the back of her neck and onto her shoulders while she shook her head in defiance. Her monster, in a quick motion, snapped the cold iron collar around her neck, she choked from the pressure as one of the henchmen secured a padlock to the back of the collar. With his face drawn close to hers, she could smell the monster's fetid breath as he leered into her clear, sparkling blue and defiant eyes. As he did so, his left hand began to tighten the thumb screw affixed to the side of the collar, and with a few turns, a needle-sharp point of iron dug into the side of her neck. More blood flowed as agony shot through her like a lightning bolt. Still defiant, tears welled in her eyes, pouring into a river down her face as an unfathomable sadness for the state of mankind filled her heart. Now this story, it is embellished, but it is a true story of a woman, a princess in her native African country who was captured by slave traders, was ultimately brought to Brazil, where because she had the spirit of freedom in her core being, where she would not submit to her captors. She was indeed masked. She was forced to wear a mask because it would conquer her spirit, or so the slave traders and her captors believed. Yeah, her name was Escreva Anastasia. She is this story brought to life through multiple versions of the story that were entirely preserved by oral tradition. So y you will hear this story kept alive through through story after story that was brought and handed down. So, yes, it has been embellished, but also this is very real. We have pictures and we'll be showing pictures of the horrific torture tools that were used to keep people 
subjugated into a, a docile type uh, muzzled lifestyle where they could not fight back. And, and, and as you read in this article, Caleb, a lot of these were, were not only combining torture, but they were permanently affixed to their spines. They were, they were permanently affixed to their bodies to where eating, drinking was very, very difficult. So th- this was not the type of isolation that was temporary. This is, this is an object that they literally kept on them, locked to them, affixed to them. And comparing that to what we are currently going through as a, as a world where you see people that are so afraid that have been, their will has been bent to the motives of these elitist masters who themselves won't wear masks. Case in point, John Kerry, who was just photographed not wearing a mask on an airplane. And yet if the common people attempted to do something like that, they would immediately be removed. Yeah. And one of the the things that the left likes to do is they like to force upon us that as we don't wear masks, it's interesting that people of color and people in the nursing industry are going to be affected by this. But what we're doing inherently by not wearing a mask is racist. What we're doing is pointing a light back onto the history. The true history of mask wearing comes from subjugation, very, very ancient practice. And and we'll see links to the occult as well, where to isolate the individual is a, a very, very important psychological thing that oppressors do. Yeah, there's a long history of this torture and dehumanization by the slave traders who would use masks. There's a case in here where an individual actually describes, a former slave that was actually able to buy his, his freedom, that actually describes what he saw. And he, he, saw, he was in Virginia, and he was summoned to the home of a plantation owner who had become ill, and it was his job to fan this individual while he was uh, in an attempt to keep him cool as he's fighting this, this, uh, this virus or whatever it was that was elevating his body temperature. But when he came into the room, he saw a woman who was a, a black slave who was the cook, but affixed to her was this iron machine that was actually padlocked to her mouth so that she could not eat nor drink. And he was astonished by what he saw here. Now the story doesn't go into what this woman did to where she was forced into this mask, but obviously it was meant to dehumanize her and to show that she was owned, that she had no control over any aspect of her life that she would actually be forced to beg to be able to eat or to drink, to just have this mask removed for a moment so she could parch her tongue. One of the, the traditions it says here in the article, looking at this, it says mass traditions. Uh, masks are used to transform a person's identity up to and including full dehumanization. It is attested by mass use of tradition, mask usage traditions from around the world. So this, like we're saying, this is not a new practice. We find it relevant to what is going on today. I do not think that we are groping or looking uh, wildly into some type of conspiracy by addressing this. This is a reality. Masks are used to take away the person's identity. By, by choice even sometimes because somebody wants to hide, but also by force. 
you think about it, Gabe, um, going back, and I, I despise the uh, holiday of Halloween, but when you don these masks, you become someone else. Throughout history, you see this where individuals, whether it be for a political revolution or for the theater, when you don a mask, you become someone else. And if you are forced to wear this mask for an extended time, you can quickly lose your identity. Who you are to your your core being can be lost. And it can be, in some ways, like in political revolution, where it can be a good thing. Or in theater, it can be entertaining. But when you're looking at something like this, it is obviously a very negative trait here to be forced to be wearing a mask. To be forced infers some type of ritualism as well. Listen to this. This is from a Sioux tradition describing the significance of face painting because I also have been all over the country, also seen Hopi masks. The Hopi people were very obsessed with masks. It says, describing the significance of face painting, Black Elk relates, by being painted, this is an Indian, he's saying, the people have been changed. They have undergone a new birth, and with this, they have new responsibilities, new obligations, and new relationship. Listen to this, Caleb. This transformation is so sacred that it must be undergone in darkness. It must be hidden from the view of the people, but when the curtain is taken aside, they come forth pure, free from ignorance, and now have forgotten all troubles of the past. And the elitists understand the ability to use masks for social control. The article actually goes on to say the relationship of masks to social control informed and motivated by fear is alive and well today. As in far-flung traditions that use masks as a key part of initiation rites meant to transform a person from one being into a new and presumably better being, modern mask usage meant to thwart a virus also provides a means of initiating social control and allow the initiated to signal they're belonging to the initiated group. And think about that as you stroll yes. through a grocery store and you're the only one not wearing a mask. What is the reaction from your fellow shoppers? Are you greeted with happiness, with joy to see you? No. You are a pariah, an outcast. Let me give you a couple of images. Those of you who are watching online, uh, you may be familiar with the movie Eyes Wide Shut. Um, this, this movie, in a lot of ways, opened up what was going on in these secret society meetings. And uh, it was it was it was. Probably the reason why the director was died very soon after the releasing of the movie. And there's 20 minutes of yeah, the his film. His daughter's that, been on record saying that. There's 20 minutes that have never been released to the public. So a brilliant director, dead. But he had a scene where the elite were masked up. And then, of course, we have images like this, Caleb, uh, that, uh, to me, wearing a mask at a KKK rally... It shows a, a, a hiding that we can, you know, we can somehow escape the consequences of the sick things we do because we are masked. So this is, we're trying to draw attention onto this. Absolutely. When you are initiated into this group, whether it be the KKK or what we currently see with mask wearers, they have this sense of belonging yes, to this group. It's a club. And they will attack anyone who's not. Yeah, it's weird. You, there's a scene in The Matrix where everyone in this program c- begins to realize that these two individuals are not programs, and they all start getting upset and mad at them. 
I, I sometimes when not wearing a mask, I feel this like I'm not part of the program. I'm not part of your, your crowd or your, and I think to myself, why are you so afraid? Why are you not breathing real air? Like, I hate that feeling of constantly, like, you remember as a kid being trapped by, you know, somebody as a joke, you know, you're trapped in a sleeping bag or you can't breathe. I hate that. Double masking, Caleb. Like I know healthcare workers who work with the elderly, double masking, and they are their blood set levels they've been testing are beneath the the safe level. So they're trying to make decisions, administer fentanyl, administer drugs to these poor elderly patients, and they are probably not making the best decisions. How is that safe? It is not. Now, Gabe, you already brought up some of the occult practices, but I want to make sure that we go into this a little bit more because there is a dark element to this forced mask wearing that we see in society today that most people just bypass. And that is that element of the occultism. Now, the article says the rites of initiation and occult practices um, are intended to transform a person from a previous state to a new state. The wearing of a mask first occludes the wearer's true and God-given persona, then forces the assumption of a new persona. And that is a key part of most occult initiation rituals. Wow. It says a little bit further down, it says this basic initiation involves a symbolic killing, Caleb, of the initiate and bringing him to life again. The old person having undergone the process is now gone. Wow. Why, especially, I, I want to address this with our Christian audience in, in particular. I, patriots uh, generally <laughs> are opposing this, but as Christians, we see a lot of fellow believers masking up. And when you know that there is an occult mindset or agenda behind this, why would you submit to wearing these masks? Why would you give up your God-given persona? That image, you know, you're, I like how you've put it before, Gabe, uh, that image, you know, that we are made in God's image, but you described it as a, a certain thing in one of our previous episodes, and I can't remember exactly how you said it. I don't know if you do. Uh, but if we are an um, image of God, right? why cover that? Exactly. You bring, you bring up a good point because, so, I didn't know if you'd have a segue into this, but it, it, when Abraham, excuse me, when Moses was before the Lord, the children, it says in, in chapter 34, in verse 35, it says, and the children of Israel saw the face of Moses, Moses and the skin of Moses' face shone, and Moses put a veil on his face again until he went in to speak with him. So literally, the countenance of Moses was so radiating with God's image, it scared, it scared the people so that, he, he literally had to hide his face. But when he goes into the, the actual tent before God, every time he's with God, he takes the mask off because he's being his true self. Like we are not called to cover our face. The only reason he did that is to uh, like keep the people from freaking out. But it didn't, he didn't keep it for the rest of his life. It was a very temporary thing because as his face shown. But I'm just, I want you to understand that when Moses came into the Holy of Holies, he didn't wear the mask anymore. He, the Bible says he took it off. In fact, I'm going to, yeah, um, I'm just going to add this as well, Gabe. We are image bearers, I believe, is what you referred to. That's what I was trying to think of. Yes. Now, there's a passage in the Bible as well that talks about not putting a bushel over your lamp, right? Yes. Well, what scripture is that specifically? Do you, do you remember off the top of your no, head? No, I don't. But 
if we are image bearers, if we are the light, why are we putting a bushel over that light? Right. Why are we masking yes. up and hiding who God made us to be? Yeah, the Lord said we're a city on a hill meant to be meant to be shown before the whole earth. So yeah, look at verse 33. It says, until Moses had done speaking with him, he put a veil on his face. Verse 34, but when Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him, he took the veil off. Okay, we, we are made in God's image. There should be nothing between us and, you know, if, here's the thing. If we were in an actual life-threatening pandemic, we could see maybe this partially being justified for a small period of time, but this is beyond ridiculous. This is, this is beyond, there is absolutely no reason for this to keep going other than you have to think to yourself, why? That's why we bring this to you right now. Why? Because they're trying to isolate you. I remember Caleb, I studied um, demon possession because I wanted to understand why do people go down this rabbit hole into possession? And I found out from occultists the steps of how a demon actually takes you over. And the first step is he wants you to be isolated from your friend groups. He, he wants you to, rather than going out on a Friday night and go bowling with your friends, he wants you to stay indoors and distrust everyone. The, th- that was the synonymous key thing. This was not even just like a Christian investigation. This is secular people who, who have explained the occult reasoning why demons want to isolate you is because they want your voice to become their voice. They don't want you to hear any other voice. And as you are isolated by the media, you're isolated by Hollywood, you're isolated by social media, TikTok, Instagram, all these, your voice is becoming their voice. Mm. That's how they isolate you. That's, so I'm, we're not being conspirac- conspiratorial because we're like way too many months into this and we're asking the question as a civil human being does, why are we still wearing masks? This is why they want to dehumanize you. You know, if this, you brought up the pandemic, pandemic and you've, 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 we've talked about this before. If there was, in fact, a pandemic, we wouldn't be debating this. If there was a pandemic, if you could go outside and see people dropping in the streets, you wouldn't be listening to us right now. Right. You would reject our message because it would be evident, but it's not. And people are asking questions a year later. Why are we still being forced to social distance why are we still being forced to wear masks? And Gabe, you hit the nail on the head. They want you isolated they so that you. your voice is lost to the demonic influence, so that your face is no longer yours, but you are masked and you have become a slave. You've become, you've engaged in that slave mentality. I'll tell you right now, muzzles are for dogs and for slaves, and I am a free human being, Absolutely. and I will never submit to this. The funny thing is, you and I, we, we appreciate the movie V for Vendetta, and in the very end scene, they all come together wearing masks, I think it's Buckley Square, uh, making a stand against the British, uh, it's no longer the British Empire, it's some type of totalitarian government, and they're all wearing masks of Guy Fox and those famous Guy Fox masks. They're all masked up. What's weird is coming into the 2000, you know, uh, you know, 20 election. I was thinking that, you know, the people would rise up, you know, we would have this masked revolution, but I did not imagine that it would be the masked revolution of Anthony Fauci that beat us to the punch. The left, the, 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 the elites beat us to the punch. It's, it's just, it's, it's ironic. 
Yeah, I, I agree with you. It truly is ironic that traditionally within political revolutions, you've seen, like you've said, Guy Fox masks or other, other masks that have emerged to push back against the elitist agenda. But this time, they did in fact beat us to the punch. This time, they forced people to wear masks. And now, if you see individuals in masks, it's no longer strange to you. It's no longer, what are they trying to convey by wearing this mask? What is the political purpose for wearing this mask? No, now we're used to being hidden. Yeah, and, you know, he who does not learn from the past is deemed to repeat it. It says in the article, looking backward at the awful record of history where human rights and dignities are concerned, we will leave one often dismayed, even despondent, at the frequency and ferocity of the tyrannies and evils visited upon the innocent on this bias alone. There is no reason to conclude. Listen to this, that similar depredations are impossible now or will be impossible in years to come. Prevention of those outcomes in the future depends on what Caleb on gaining understanding of the ways in which these evils were past tense perpetrated in the past, the methods employed and instruments used. And one of those methods, however uncomfortable it may be for some to admit under current liberal orthodoxy has been compulsory masking. In conclusion, be free. Take off your mask. Church and State is brought to you in part by Covenant Church. Always remember the tree of liberty is most likely a birch. And with that, Church and State is out. God bless. Hold fast to the Lord. Take off your mask. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven, and will forgive their sin, and will heal their land. We hold these truths to be